to the second ever bio bit our bio bit series oh my god ken it's the day we've waited for this is actually the one that i thought would be our first bio bit by the way this is this is the thing mm. i thought would be our first one and then some some mess came out yeah. <laughs> number two's the charm uh this is normandy fm a formerly Mass Effect retrospective podcast that has moved on to other games, but as always, we like to come back and circle around to talk about things that happen in the Bioware, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, etc. universe. Uh, and good lord, things have happened today, Kenneth Shepard. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a trailer for the Legendary Edition. We have previews for the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, a full all-in-one package remaster of the mass effect shepherd trilogy uh wowza uh, i guess let's just start at, at ground level and work up from there so this trailer for me when i watched it you know i was coming into this day both of us knew ahead of time that there's gonna be some info coming out today about this and I was coming into today like, okay, you know, what's what what details am I looking for? What, you know, what expectations should I set? Yada yada yada. And then the second this trailer started, I I was a hundred percent all in. Mm. <laughs> I'm a goddamn Mark Ken. <laughs> <laughs> did you pay 150 dollars for a collector's edition without the game in it? Because that that's, that is not. true. That is being a true Mark there. Well, for me, that's more like. I don't have shelf space for it. Mm. I don't like clutter. Um, I'm very like picky about having physical things in my place because they just take up space for me after a while. And also you have to like dust them and stuff, and that's annoying. Mm. Like that just makes dusting more annoying. So yeah, I guess the primary reason why I don't want the collector's edition is dusting. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah i i am excited to play these games again i think there are very interesting things being done here i don't know if i'm 100 percent on board with some of the changes being made and there's still some things that do bum me out about this legendary edition but i'd say on the whole i'm still very excited to play these games again Mm. uh and also just to have this but ken where are you kind of at right now i'm stoked like it's weird because we did just play all those games and exhaustively dissect them like just under, or just a little bit over a year ago at this point. Uh, like we said earlier, I, we, like, we kind of knew this was coming, and, like, I was, like, even having already, like, I'd already seen uh, the remaster and, like, knew what it was going to look like. I was still excited just to, like, have it be a thing that was, like, in the public consciousness that we could talk about and, like, see and, like, get, like, real tangible proof that the thing exists and that we're going to play it fairly soon. Like, it's not as soon as we hoped, because like, there had been rumors that it was going to come out in March, but it's coming out in, on, in May instead, um, which is farther away than I would have liked. But, uh, part, like, part of me, like, wishes, like, maybe they'd, they'd, that they had gone the extra step, because I still think, like, despite the fact that they are doing, like, some fairly significant things to Mass Effect 1 to make it at least somewhat more modern, but, like, I still think, I still think the game is relative to where most games are right now not great, and I, I fear what it will, like, how much of a deterrence it might be for people that have never played these games that have no nostalgia for the first game that are coming in, like, brand new, trying to get into the series that they've heard about, uh, most, mostly through word of mouth, it's like, you know, by, like, reputation, 
I have to get into it and play the first game that fucking sucks and just be like, ah, oh, I don't want to play the rest of it. Um, but they are doing, like, some things to kind of alleviate some of the issues. Uh, I, like, they were talking about how they are trying to do, um, kind of make the, the whole experience a little bit more universal as, as much as they can, whether that be in uh, possible changes to the UI, which are shown on some of the uh, comparison videos they made that make Mass Effect 1's UI look more akin to Mass Effect 2 and 3's, uh, and they're also, like, different, like, cover prompts and, like, a unified control scheme that... I mean, you've been playing Mass Effect 1 fairly recently for your mm-hmm. stream, and, like, even things as simple as, like... Dedicated melee button is, like, the number one thing that stuck out to me was, mm-hmm. oh my god, thank god, no more of that weird you-have-to-walk-into-close-range-and-hit-fire-on-your-gun-to-melee. Right. Um, which I'm assuming doesn't mean we're going to be getting, like, the Mass Effect 3 blade or anything right. like that, but it does potentially mean, like, it just makes it a little bit easier to do that stuff in Mass Effect 1. Right, because I even remember, like, when we were doing our, our retrospective, like, there were there was a point where, like, uh, on Pharos, where you could melee some enemies to not kill them, and that would be, like, a Paragon Renegade thing, but because it was so easy, like, because it was mapped the same button to shoot, I shot people trying to mm-hmm. melee them instead. You know, just, like, little weird things that were, like, very odd cho- design choices, even back then, that they're kind of getting a second chance and, like, a second look at. Um, which are nice. And apparently there are going to be changes to the Mako, which is a known crime that I wish, like, people didn't, like, hold, like, a weird nostalgia for, like, how wonky that fucking thing controls and should be, like, accepting that, like, hey, maybe some of these things do, in fact, need to be changed. Maybe we should not be so kill. beholden to... Mm-mm. Hmm? I'm, I'm saying that that thing, yes, it controls a little funny, but... A little funny... He Once says. you get used to it, it's really not that bad, and it's you. First of all, you only well, use it for like we maybe two or three sections of the game. We shouldn't but. have to get used to bad things. We should expect better for ourselves. <laughs> my, well, my my thing has always been that I don't always like the way that games try to play like each other. If that makes sense, and I like that the Mako handled differently. Like it's an assault vehicle; it shouldn't handle like an off-road buggy or something it should handle like an assault vehicle and i thought that it did because i mean if anything as long as the physics are a little bit better because there are times where you can just like hit a hill and then get air like none have ever seen before and just go like spiraling out of control into a pit of lava that's like one thing uh, that's definitely in need of fixing but i think there are other parts of that where it just feels kind of bulky and chunky to move around and sometimes like the fact that it's got six wheels six wheels right on the mako Mm -hmm. um and you you have four wheels in the back makes it feel like oh you know the turning's kind of not not what you expect not like from a normal car but yeah that's because it's got more wheels it's it's hauling more junk in the trunk it's 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 a big boy (laughs) you know the mako's a large boy you can't control it like uh like a Forza car, so. Anyways, that's. I don't want it. I don't want it to feel like a warthog. Is is my takeaway. I want it to still feel like it's. I want a it to stay on the ground, and I tank. want it to not all be mapped to the stick, and I want it to. That this do... the stick is the weird part. Yes, you you are correct about that, and, and this might also signify like a disconnect between mouse and keyboard and controller. Mm. Because yeah. I think it. I think when I played it on mouse and keyboard. It solved a lot of my problems with that, which will be interesting to see because now on PC they have actual 
uh, controller support for all three games. So yep. that will be interesting to see how that changes things. Something that was interesting to me about the uh, the original trailer is that it did lean very heavily on Mass Effect 2 and 3. That was, like, something that I realized when I was watching that, like, there is, like, a fairly substantial uh, visual update to Mass Effect 1, but they were mm-hmm. not really, you know, at least in that initial trailer, we're taking a lot of time to, like, really spotlight it. Like, there are a lot of, like, comparison shots and videos they've got online now that did, but, like, it was weird, like, because that that's the game that everyone wants to see. That's the game that everyone wants to know how it's going to look in 2021. And so, like, it was a thing, like, it was just, like, very apparent to me at the time. Like, they were, like are they trying to, like, downplay it or, like, not have it be, like, the prominent thing that's up in front? Because, like, I mean, it's not... The remaster does look really good. Like, I, like I'm not going to, like, downplay that, mm-hmm. but it also, like, mm-hmm. you know, if it got into... I, I guess if it does... It, like, the level of, like, animation quality and, like, the cinematography behind that game is not at the level of 2 and 3, even if it is... De- definitively better looking so I wonder like how much of like between now and May that we're gonna see of that game in motion I I honestly personally would not be surprised if this is the last we see of this game until the reviews hit because I feel like beyond uh, this there isn't too much to say I mean there's probably there's probably gonna be like they'll put out a mission from Mass Effect 1 like they might show Eden Prime or something like that I could totally see that but I don't, especially on the on the side of two and three. I don't know like how much more you really do need to see outside of just seeing what what the actual gameplay combat looks like. I think that's the one big question I have coming out of this is they have not really shown what combat looks like in Mass mm-hmm. Effect One, and considering most of the changes are to the combat and to the inventory, um, those seem to be the the two biggest changes in the actual like gameplay side of things. Um, that's that's my biggest question mark, and we we've got some things to go off of, and I guess here's maybe a good a good part to like lay out uh, all the sources we have. So alongside the trailer reveal today, there were a bunch of previews that all went up. Um, the ones I have open in various tabs in front of me right now include a video preview from Gamespot.com, where one uh, Lucy James went into a lot of detail about the changes that are coming to Mass Effect 1. Um, there was also Mashable and Eurogamer previews that mentioned specifically they're cutting down on the elevator times in Mass Effect 1. Uh, I think the number that was going around is 14 seconds for uh, the elevator load time, which actually surprises me. That still seems pretty long, but mm-hmm. uh, that is better than, than what it used to be. Um, I have a story open from GamesBeat, um, over at VentureBeat.com uh, from Jeff Grubb where uh, they talk about Bioware using AI upscaling to remaster mm-hmm. Mass Effect's original textures. That seems pretty interesting. Uh, and then a very long preview from friend of the show Cat Bailey who uh, was over at IGN.com uh, to write their preview of it. And I believe later today she's doing a uh, their Unlocked podcast uh, to, to talk a little bit more about it. Uh, I recommend checking all those out. Uh, there's there's a lot of good info out there, a lot of good folks to read, people to, to get impressions from. Um, <laughs> and I almost just mentioned this freaking link that I left in our Slack channel, which is not important to anything Mass Effect related. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, well, I hope they remastered that, too. I hope um, they didn't. <laughs> 
Um, so let's talk about, I guess, the, the gameplay changes that they've talked about in one. And I think I closed my GameSpot tab by accident, actually, which I'm super loving right now. So let me just pull that up again, because uh, in the video, Lucy has a very large list of things that are being changed. Some of them are fairly obvious uh, that we've already mentioned. The Mako uh, is getting an overhaul. There are obviously visual improvements that are happening. Uh, but there are some gameplay side stuff that seems interesting. Um, one notable one is like people actually, when you command your AI to go to cover, they will actually get into cover. They'll actually do played. the thing they were supposed yeah. to do. If you if you played Mass Effect one recently, that's that. Oh, thank God for that. Um, Auto aim is another interesting one, and she mentioned something about staying locked onto enemies as you strafe. Um, I wasn't. I think I need to see that in motion to get a sense of what that's going to be like. Mm. Uh, but in general, aim seems to be aim seems to be the, the large thing that has changed about Mass Effect One because, um, as as folks at home may remember, those games uh, still had the sort of RPG thing, um, almost Fallout thing, where if you shoot a gun but you don't have mastery with said gun, you might miss even if you have mm. like. I think the quote I saw somewhere was like, even if you have someone in your sniper scope, uh, dead to rights, completely center, you might still miss because your mastery isn't high enough. And just some bullshit. Yeah, um, I understand that play, there are that's people. That's why I don't play Fallout. So. <laughs> um, I understand that there are people who want that to stay the same for like RPG reasons and all that. Maybe uh, games don't was... have to be bad. We don't have to want games to be bad. Well, I mean, I respect the idea of trying to simulate what it would be like if you had never shot a gun before and were trying to hit fire it at somebody who's running at you. You know what I'm saying? But um, I also don't think that fully fits Commander Shepard. Commander Shepard has fired it, like lore, yeah, lore wise and stuff. Like this is this is a commander. This is like you go into that game selecting what your war hero story is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so so i think that's that's all well and fine um the auto aim is maybe the the one that catches me a little bit off because i'm uh, i'm afraid that might feel a little bit weird but um we'll see uh the exciting things for me are actually the smaller stuff in mass effect one like like more than anything else i i love the visual remaster i think it looks good um but the big thing for me is that they're saying there's going to be a more consistent autosave which is a godsend holy shit that's you have no idea how huge that is mm. if you've not played mass effect one recently like i think throughout the course of novaria there are like two or three auto save spots throughout that entire level like through uh the port and into the labs and all that and, and mm. like literally throughout all of it and that's bonkers because there's so like i'm suddenly now thinking about how much there is in novaria and how big that level is and good lord um uh there are improved boss encounters the one that i did see uh over at ign they mentioned benezia by name mm. um that's not the boss that i think is the the worst in the game in terms of boss encounters but i'll take it um, who, do you, who would you rather they be fixing um I think the Saren one at the end is kind of wonky. The one where he's mm. jumping around and stuff. Um, 
I, I think that one still feels just goofy in a way. Uh, and he's like shooting missiles out of his mouth, which I still don't really get. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if you think about that one. Uh, and then also the, I guess this isn't a boss, but there is one very specific moment early in the game where you are in Eden Prime and you're working your way up this tram to get to the front of the tram to take it to where Saren mm. and, um, and Nihilus are. And actually, no, it's right after you find Nihilus. So you're taking the tram to the um, the word I can't think of right now. The the thing that blasts your mind with the visions of the Prothean stuff. Yeah, the beacon. Um, once, like, you're, you're fighting your way up to the, the tram to, to get to the controls to take it to the next place. Um, and there's a section where there are just, like, a bunch of Geth juggernauts all in a row. And, like, mm. it's supposed to be the part where you're supposed to learn, like, hey, I should move between cover to advance against heavy enemies and stuff like that but obviously your teammates can't figure out how to take cover and the cover system in that game is just generally wonky in a way that's not great and so i hope that just all those things will change that stuff because that to me is a boss fight (laughs) that specific area um and also speaking of boss fights uh mini games the the mini games in mass effect one specifically um if you remember there were if you play on console, there's a like Simon Says mini game that you have to do. Yeah. Uh, on PC, it was this weird thing where you had an arrow that you had to move through various rings that had different rotating barriers in them uh, to get to the center. Uh, they're saying that they're going to unify those mini games across platforms and also make less of them. But uh, according to GameSpot, they have not yet announced which mini game it's going to be. I'm hoping for Simon Says because the Arrow one is a nightmare. So <laughs> um, hopefully that's what changes. But um, yeah, Ken, ha- Mass Effect 1, I mean, like, I-, I think my takeaway is that all of this will probably help to make it. Because the thing about Mass Effect 1 is I think that game actually has a very good story. Like, mm. I think that game, once you get into it, I think Eden Prime is actually not that strong of a start once you're on the citadel and you're doing the part where you're like talking to garris and chasing Mm. after tally and stuff like that and you're collecting evidence against Saren. that stuff is real good that's maybe some of my favorite early mass effect stuff is that section um and then obviously you fly off and go to various areas and stuff like that but um i i think that game can still ring true in a way and that smoothing this stuff out is going to make make it easier to at least like grapple with that stuff because it's also right. only like what an eight to 12 hour game um, uh, i mean if you absolutely are mainlining it and don't touch anything else maybe but but what like the side content in that game is is sparse at best like there are maybe i can think of three side quests that are important in the scheme of things like you have garris and rex's character quests and then the one with the Cerberus base on the moon. I mean, sure, like I get, but that almost is like still mainlining to me in that in that sense. And a lot of that comes like with the Cerberus stuff specifically. That seems important to us because we have seen the feature games. I don't think that like I don't know, like in terms of like the actual characters and stuff that you meet through all like the side of stuff. I think there's still like a lot in Mass Effect One that's worth going through. And if they can, can make the actual playing of the game tolerable by a modern standard. Um, I think that's enough. Like, you and I, like, people like us have played these games and, like, really like these games. I don't think we need a lot to be sold on, even even if, like, 
you know, like all the jokes I make about how Mass Effect 1 is a bad game, which it is by modern standards, I'm still gonna play that game and I'm still gonna be fine. Like, I'm gonna, like, there's like a charm to like how bad it is to me at this point. And so I think like you have to have, you have to have like an update that at least makes it, again, like I, I use the word tolerable because like then that maybe is like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm coming off very negative of Mass Effect 1 as like an entire thing and I don't think that's, that's not necessarily what I'm trying to do, but I think like the actual, a lot, a lot of the, uh, mechanical quirks of the, that game, the reason that pe- people might be inclined to, like, want them to be maintained is, like, very contextual, like, nostalgic, and I don't think it serves really anyone that might be getting into these games now, because, like, it's been 13 years since that, that trilogy started, and I think, like, you have to realize how many new people are coming into this, and it, it, it can't be off-putting in the way that I think it would be if they just straightforwarded it. Like, they can tell us all these things that they're doing to, like, change and make the game more modern and, like, kind of, like, more mass appeal, but, like, ultimately it's gonna be determined by when people that have never played this game play it for the first time, and can, that, that's gonna be, like, the real test of, to whether any of this really amounts to much, I think. Because, I, like, honestly, like, you know, you read off the, the changes that they made, and a lot of it still feels like the bulk of the game is intact, I think. Oh, yeah. It's, it's still Mass Effect 1. And, and I think that was, like, that's a more legitimate concern, but, like, how, like, I've how much can you take from the original thing and it still be that thing? And based on what like what we've seen and what they've talked about, I don't think just like generally making the game easier to play and like more manageable and doing like quality of life things like or like even just like basic functionality like your AI listening when you tell them to do something. So I think in in that respect, I don't think I think a lot of like the fears that people probably had, like like from a very purist nostalgic standpoint, is probably dissuaded at this point. Yeah, you're still from from what I understand, you're still sticking a bunch of mods on your guns to make them do different stuff. It doesn't seem like that's changing, although they do mention that the inventory is getting an overhaul that's still being worked on. Um, but like, it doesn't seem like you're going to not have those abilities to like mod your different guns and get different. I I am interested to see how the armor stuff works because that is something that significantly changed over time in mass effect um the idea of having customizable armor for everyone and that that alone seems like it would be a very costly thing to to mess around with because there are like a billion different armors for for shepherd for like characters like rex and garris and stuff like that where it can change their helmet and stuff Mm. like that um i'd be interested to see how that changes but um as as far as we have seen so far uh it seems like yeah it's it's the same thing it's just getting smoothed out a lot in a way that was definitely necessary to release this game in 2021 um and i think the interesting thing to note um i'm trying to remember where i saw this information so i'm actually uh reading through here um I think it was an IGN, yeah, it looks like it was an IGN's article, see if I just, if I control F, I'll be able to find it faster, um, it, maybe it was not IGN, it might have been, um, Eurogamer, but I think this was kind of part of their presentation that they did, which this is all coming from a, about what sounds like it was an hour long, um, yeah, it was from Eurogamer. Uh, it was about an hour-long uh, a preview event that they held online. Um, it sounds like the, the remaster project is something that BioWare has considered several times over the years. And then they note that uh, 
according to Eurogamer, work on the Legendary Edition began in early 2019 when a small team finally got the okay, and it seemed like a big push for that was when Casey Hudson returned to the studio. Um, so that was kind of the push off there. Um, and I think the other thing to consider is that they, they note that they had considered moving it over to Unreal Engine 4, which would have opened up a lot more potential for what this remaster could have been but also that <laughs> creates so many problems uh, moving all three of those games over to a new unreal engine um it's not as one-to-one as as it even is today uh so um i thought the one interesting thing you can watch the GameSpot video about this but they talk about how there's not ray tracing but there is like real-time reflections and the way they're doing it is they're using like the next gen hardware to basically have two cameras in a scene at all times and mm. stuff like that. Like just coming up with ways to, to, to change this around. I think one of the interesting things from uh game speed that we mentioned before is that uh, it's using AI upscaling as well. So um, this is a quote from environment and character director, Kevin Meek uh, from a round table that was shared on uh, venture beat. Uh, we knew we wanted to increase the resolution on all the textures across the trilogy, so that means all the visual effects, the user, user ugh, I can totally talk today, <laughs> the, the user interface, the environment art, the character art, every single texture we hit right away with two main changes. First, we increased cap that the engine places on the texture sizes. Secondly, we ran all the original uncompressed source art through an AI up-res program along with some other custom batch tools. Uh, this has become pretty uh, popular in remastering games, uh, using AI to upscale stuff, because mm. um, it works. It works stinking well. Even on modern games, uh, they use things like DLSS to really make uh, games look good, even when they uh, theoretically could not before. And so uh, that that's exciting to me, because I, I want to see what this thing looks like in motion. Um I think the other thing we got to talk about is that, uh, so all the DLC is here. Um, the one thing that is missing is Pinnacle Station. Mm. Uh, it sounds like there's just something messed up with that source code. They are not able to really, uh, get that thing going in a way that, uh, would be good <laughs> right and that was so, even that was even an issue like as far back the ps3 when, yeah. yeah so that's been like a a known issue that was gonna like it, it was very unlikely this was going to be included and that's of that's a shame all the things that we could not get though right. i don't know if pinnacle station is the one to cry right. over um yeah uh and I, I think that means that bring down the sky will still be in there which is like i'd say the one meaty part of that right. mass effect one dlc that's worth playing, the debut so. of the batarians yeah yeah god yeah um would hate to lose that cultural <laughs> cultural mark to think about. look you know and then we get to mass effect 2 and they're like well batarians and Vorcha all the time baby let's do this <laughs> <laughs> gotta use those assets somewhere um so <laughs> suddenly remembering how many batarians in Vorcha we killed over the course of mass effect 2 <laughs> uh there was like basically um, genocide in the arrival DLC. oh yeah no the batarians really get the short end of the stick in a way that we maybe should have talked a little bit more about but man they really get screwed over in the course of mass effect like mm. they are oh not not a good time for them yeah. um 
anyways uh and there's some other minor changes they talk about um kind of keeping characters consistent across the series one i i noticed Mm -hmm. was they're talking about uh they made uh, the way this was described was kind of weird to me but they made liara less doe-eyed is is the way they Mm -hmm. phrased it like doe um you know like the doe a deer female deer um it's yeah so i I guess that's supposed to line up more with her shadow broker persona for me that's kind of weird because i like that transformation between one and two a lot but um i also get it right and generally like that meant like putting characters like face face models from mass effect 3 on mass effect 1 models so like Mm -hmm. like it's all blended together i don't remember if we talked about weird that in some cases that does get weird like what Oh, I'm just saying, like, so, like, Garrus obviously doesn't have his facial scar until Mass Effect 2. So, well, like, I don't imagine they're going to, like, do that. I don't think they're going like, to... Right, right. Yeah, no, I don't think they're going to do that. I just mean that's, like... There there are some, like, cosmetic changes that happen for story reasons for certain characters. Like, Jack is another one that comes to mind. Is like, Jack grows hair between 2 and 3. So, well, I don't like, think it's going to be, like, obvi- universally, like, without see... any sort of, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you see that between, like... You know, they show Jack from Mass Effect 2 and the suicide mission ramp up uh, in the trailer. So, like... I'm talking that's... more, like, Shepard and I've seen Anderson. Like, they have the Mass Effect 3 facial yeah, models. Shepard, Anderson. On um, them in Mass Effect 1. So, like, there is, like, sort Tali, of a... Tali, that... Yeah, those characters. She doesn't have a face, but... Yeah. Oh, I meant, like, just... Well, I mean, she's got, like, kind of a face behind the mask. That's, My like... point being that it's, like, an, it's an effort <laughs> that they are trying to make in the remasters... <laughs> To make it a more universal, seamless experience by putting things like the the default Mass Effect Three female Shepard in Mass Effect One and Two, making the making character creator like universal across all three games, so like you can stick with exactly one face throughout the whole trilogy, which is cool because I would like to have like the Mass Effect One character creator kind of busted. Mass Effect Two is not much better. Mass Effect Three is a okay. Yeah, like, universal character creator is really nice. Um, GameSpot mentioned specifically that they're adding more makeup and hair options, and one of the one they specifically note is more black hair options, so that's really cool. Um, just having, like, more options and then having them better reflected across the series, because, mm-hmm. like, I think another thing that people can probably empathize with is in Mass Effect 1, my character looked totally normal, but as I ported them through 2 and 3, right. by the end of 3, my character just looked kind of wonky. <laughs> and uh was starting to look a little monster factory ish so um i think just having that stuff unified makes a lot more sense and also like i can't stress this enough like having a single game that you buy with it's so it's not one contiguous experience uh they do note that it is like you finish mass effect one you go back to a hub of some sorts and then launch mass effect 2 but having just a way that keeps it all centralized so you're not having to sit there and think like okay well now i i mean maybe this is more a pc thing for me but like okay now i've installed mass effect 2 and i hope it reads the save file on my computer correctly and Mm. i hope it or i hope it makes contact with the server right or i hope this you know the the carryover happened correctly and right. all that and um all the choices are correct um and, and they do they include the genesis comics as well so if you want to like jump into mass effect 3 without playing one and two and just make the choices that you want to make um that is still an option i'm surprised 
Well, finish your thought, but I just, I just thought of something. No, that that was that was the end of my thought. Uh, I was surprised that they didn't include uh, any sort of like, integration with the uh, the Mass Effect uh, archives, which is the equivalent of the Dragon Age Keep, which they mm. launched without a game to really go with it. But this would have seemed like a, an opportunity to make use of that. So maybe I mean, they do mention in one article that I don't have pulled up right now. If I I want to say Eurogamer, but I might be wrong on that. Um, they do mention that they asked Bioware about bringing over saves from old versions of the game, and they said that that is something that they are exploring. Um, I can't no imagine that commitment, that's... no commitment to whether that would actually work, but maybe like with the PC that would be a thing. But like, or I guess, and also Xbox considering backwards compatibility. But uh... oh, I was mm. thinking more like a you know some sort of keep style program that they could create because um, you have to think that's something they got to think about too with. I mean, you know, the other weird kind of elephant in the room is that there is a new Mass Effect on the way that Mm. is obviously at least somehow connected to these games. And, um, you know, they they note this in in the Eurogamer story. um, You know, Dragon Age 4 is probably not coming out until 2022. And, uh, you know, Mass Effect is even further out than that, which is just making me feel old at this point. But <laughs> um, we coming up on the twenty year anniversary of the first game by the time they yeah the the passage of time can <laughs> it's rolling <laughs> forward. But um, yeah, so so like that that is something you have to imagine. Like they would at least have to have some sort of thing in mind. You know, if they're going to have any sort of carryover. Uh, from information, you know, from Mass Effect 1, 2, 3, or Mass Effect Legendary Edition, or Mass Effect Andromeda into this new Mass Effect, then they're going to have to think about ways to carry that stuff over, because they're now dealing with multiple console generations. I guess that's probably the point where the archives, method archives, like, start to come into play. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, some sort of thing, like, keep archives, that sort of thing, uh, would, would be something obvious but again we don't know if they're going to do that yet with legendary edition or if they ever will with legendary edition um so i would i mean i expect most people buying this are not buying it thinking that they're going to boot up their old save i think most people are thinking like i'm going to do another run or i'm going to do uh first run for a lot of people Mm -hmm. um so that'll be interesting um but the the thing I was building up to was that no story content additions. So mm. if you're really expecting any of the cut content or the stuff that's been slightly restored through mods or anything like that to, to find its way into this, uh, don't. <laughs> don't expect that. Um, the quote from GameSpot, I believe, was that they looked at what what it would take to restore cut content and they said it amounted to like because of how cut it was and and that it was not in the games to begin with and implemented in the games to begin with it would amount to essentially remaking that stuff mm-hmm. um so that was just something that was not on the table same goes for multiplayer uh, they talked about multiplayer yeah. and basically said the amount of work that it would take to put multiplayer into this package would be as much as it took to make the legendary edition in the first place so um mild bummer on both parts uh not that i was really expecting either one of those things to suddenly happen but um you know there's there's cut content and and as we've talked about in previous bio bit like uh sections of that game that were then later removed that it would have been nice to see re-implemented right for no for no other reason than it's like a good reason to want to replay those games is to experience that stuff but um 
yeah. you know, is what it is. <laughs> I have to settle for Kiffin Kane in Mass Effect 3 again. It has been really interesting seeing people talk about, because um, a friend of the show, Rev Valentine, was, was tweeting today, and then she was talking about how excited she was to finally go and potentially romance Liara and Tali, and I was like, oh yeah, by the way, you know, Tali's not a, a femship romance option. Mm-hmm. And it was like that that reminder that if you are playing characters of a certain affinity, uh, it, you know, if you characters of a certain you know you're trying to play as you know a femme chef that wants to romance a female style character or a male chef that wants to romance a male style character um that options throughout this the trilogy are still severely limited right. so um kind of a bummer still there <laughs> yeah it's a it is weird yeah. like we if we like even things as simple as like not realizing tally was a romance option or was not a romance option for female shepherd it's like there are a lot of people that I guess are going to have to, like, kind of re-experience these games and kind of, like, realize that, like, a lot of the understandings that we have of what these games were, even, like, at the time, is a little skewed or, like, just kind of, like, blurry and different than the realities. And I think it's, like, mm-hmm. and we've talked about this plenty of times, over, the, and it was, you know, the basis of Normandy FM when we started. Like, there's, like, I'm interested to see how conversations surround these games when we're playing them over a decade later. Just, yeah. like, with people, um, like, being more aware of things and kind of, like, looking for certain things out of, out of like, the fiction that they consume that uh, is maybe not here. And is also maybe more, like, other things that are, like, are more prominent than maybe we gave it credit for at the time that hasn't been, really mean, been replicated since. Yeah. And I think there are still things that the series does that no other series does that, that still ring very true, like... I am extremely eager to play the uh, Tally Loyalty mission again mm-hmm. in Mass Effect 2, which is, like, one of the series' highlights for me. And stuff like, like Rannoch, really anything with the Quarians. <laughs> <laughs> but but Rannoch, uh, Tachanka, uh, the Rakdai mission in Mass Effect 3, um, Novaria, uh, Vermeer, Pharos. Like, there's a lot of stuff in these games that I'm really eager to re-experience and kind of re acquaint myself with um because i think there is stuff in in those games that are still incredible i mean saren still probably one of my favorite video game villains Mm. uh just an incredibly good villain and the way he's played as the antagonist towards you is really interesting uh really cool foil for shepherd but Mm. um i yeah it's 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 going to be a whole thing because i think the other thing that surprised me a lot was seeing a lot of people you know, we live inside the game's media bubble. We live inside the the bubble that is plugged into games as a whole. Um, and, you know, we ourselves, because of running this podcast and because of uh, the, you know, the friends we keep, uh, see a lot of folks who are really plugged into to Bioware and Mass Effect and know a lot about this stuff. But you also see a lot of folks that have been really big into video games in in one way or another who have never played these games before. Mm. And I'm really interested to see what the impressions are from those people as well. Um, Because I think this was like an extremely impactful series for for so many people. I mean, it's it's odd. That's why there's like a fervor when this stuff comes out. Um, And to, to see how it gets seen again in this light will be very very interesting um 
a whole new opportunity for fandom too. Like all the art and all of like all, like I'm so stoked about the idea of like another wave of Mass Effect fan art. Oh god. What about another wave of Mass Effect Three ending discourse? <laughs> Never mind. We cancel the uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be which, here. Which they did. They did say um, the extended uh, ending is going to be the one that will be like you. You play that one in Mass Effect yeah, I mean, Three. That was that that felt like a very weird like non-story to me for a couple reasons. One, because like obviously, and two. They're like all the DLC other than Pinnacle Station is included. It's like Extended Cut was DLC, so like I don't know. It, that was that felt like a weird distinction to have to make, but people are, are asking for. That I mean, for archival purposes, I understand wanting to have that original version without the Extended Cut stuff in it. Um, you know, just to know what it was like and the difference between the two. Um, but yeah, there's also like no reason if you are playing these games for the first time or the twelve thousand, you know thousandth time uh to want to play the original version of that ending um i can just tell you that now having played both versions i uh, don't do it just play the new one it's it's better <laughs> i mean i I mean, i'm even a person that has like issues with the extent of, like things that it does change i don't think it needs to but like i just don't i don't know like i don't feel like the discourse is worth it being i don't know like mm. I, watch I it on youtube just, if you want to see it that bad yeah and and like the extended cut also exists to help contextualize stuff like leviathan that that came later as well like that it helps with that stuff so um and i think it gets better at what they were trying to go with with mm. the three different endings and and like you know what all of the upsides and drawbacks are because i remember playing the original ending the first time i was like why would i not pick destroy like, genocide that yeah like why would i not pick the red ending that's that's the one that makes sense it's genocide. like the blue ending's a trap genocide um genocide <laughs> okay <laughs> um like the blue ending's a trap and and synthesis is has all kinds of actual problems but uh but red ending i was like yeah sure like yeah we're gonna lose some people but we're gonna get the job done and uh i feel like extended cut definitely did a better job of contextualizing as ken is mentioning the the downsides of what that is so um yeah like i don't know I don't know how much else there is to really talk about here. It's it's more Mass Effect. We're playing Mass Effect again. I'm stoked to do that. I'm so like I'm stoked to have it on like a system that is like forward compatible and will be for the foreseeable future. And because like I've had my my 360, my not my like I think it was the third 360 my family went through, um, for going on 12 years now, and I'm ready to put that thing to rest. Cause I had to play it again for Jade Empire, and I'm just like <laughs> that thing is not it's like barely holding it together but my shiny ps5 it's gonna play all three of those games again in nice 4k and no dual sense no dual sense i don't give a fuck that that <laughs> how will you feel the scales of thane without dual sense well they That's... didn't let me touch those in the first place so <laughs> um yeah so may 14th uh ps4 xbox one pc uh, Talk of a switch, like so, like this was a thing. Compatibility, yeah, yeah, so this, yeah. There was like talk of like they don't have plans for switch, but like they would like it to happen one day. And like I it think, was, mm. I think the problem is that the switch ain't powerful enough. 
That's that's my I would be surprised hot, off the cuff take. I would be surprised if the Switch couldn't run like the original games, but like with all the updates that the Legend Edition yes. has, I can't imagine yes. that. So, like if they were to just port like the original games onto Switch, I think that that would probably be more reasonable. But yeah. I I think that is the actual problem. And then they also like if they put out just the original games as they were on Switch, that would then create a situation where people would be like, I can't believe the the other consoles get the remaster, but we get the old games. These look like shit. Like and that's. Mm. You'd, you'd get that, and you know you would. So, um, I think I think the holdup there would either be trying to find some sort of way, like they did with Control, uh, to, to do a cloud version, or uh, well, I don't think EA is necessarily like wild about cloud stuff just yet. Um, so, I think the, the more obvious solution is just once a more powerful version of the Switch comes out, then that that would be the one to target. Those conversations but, can happen again. Then. Yeah, and, you know, I would love to be able to play it on the go, but I think there's also, like, parts of that game that would not hold up well on a handheld on a Switch, mm-hmm. so I'm maybe, like, a little okay with not having that. Like, can you imagine looking at all the Mass Effect 1 menus on a Switch? Like That's oh, fair. <laughs> like, all the codex injuries and stuff? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm good. <laughs> so make it a tv um, only game or some shit then that defeats the purpose oh, who, who needs it on yeah, switch that now? would completely defeat the purpose yeah so yeah it ends up in a situation where it's like eh, whatever um and may 14th is when it's arriving uh it's, it's exciting i mean we've already said on here that we are planning to do some content around it uh when that stuff arrives and in what manner and who it'll be with is kind of still up in the air as we plan this stuff out. Uh, there'll be a lot more info on that closer to May, but we are planning on doing at least some sort of round table on all three games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, having, having folks on new and old to, uh, to discuss the games at length. I think, I think just having a sort of like big talk about the, you know, we don't need to redo the entire first season of right. Normandy FM, but having having a big talk, especially with folks who are passionate about these games, uh, and specifically each each one of them, uh, you know, so have some folks on who love Mass Effect One the most, so that way they can balance out Ken's negativity on it, <laughs> <laughs> and and vice versa, people who aren't wild about Mass Effect Three to balance out Ken's love for it, uh, and then everybody loves Mass Effect Two, so we won't have a problem with that. But that's not true. <laughs> I'll, I was say you need somebody to balance out my negativity on that one too. Um, yeah, it's well, we're we're looking into some stuff, uh, but overall, yeah, it's, I I want to play these games again. I'm. Yeah. I'm I'm still like debating in my head what I want to do as my playthrough because, you know, I always end up just playing the same damn Paragon Romance Liara that I always do, mm. uh, and I don't want to just do the same thing again. But it's Liara, Liara's great. I meanwhile will be doing the same thing I always do. Get to that Artemis Tau cluster, go down into that that the ruins, see her hanging out there, and I'm like, damn it romancer again i gotta do it but i could also be male ship i could i could romance tolly finally i could finally do my own tolly romance playthrough or you do fem ship do garris romance keep it real spicy <laughs> who knows 
Well, I'm, I'm gonna go through. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm no matter gonna what, my we're boy. fucking aliens out here. No matter we're, what, no, not 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 that he does not speak for both of us. I'm gonna save my boy on Vermeer. Then we're gonna blow up the Reapers, and then we're gonna fly off into the, the sunset and never be heard from again. <laughs> oh, Ken, Ken, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you do not get to to fuck the aliens like everyone else does. It's fine. I got to fuck a normal human being, so it's fine. Ugh. One one day, one day you will experience the magic of, of Mass Effect and it's full glory. It's full glory. Um, Unless they're bringing a new character in and I'm not, my my dudes are spoken for and they're fucking some humans, so it's fine. <laughs> it's Caden but blue now. Mm. <laughs> Don't know why. Caden blew himself. Uh, I wasn't the one that was supposed <laughs> to blow him. Oh, <laughs> uh. Um, we need to go. That's, we need that's, to go. Yeah, we need to cut this before this gets any weirder. <laughs> oh, for everyone here, uh, make sure you're tuned into all our regular episodes. This is a bio bit, so this is an infrequent episode of Norm DFM that we do whenever there's big breaking Bioware news. But as always, we are doing our weekly episodes uh, for the Patreon for uh, Jade Empire. I believe uh tomorrow mm-hmm. is when the the next one goes up for all normal regular listeners but if you want to be a patreon listener if you want to get that stuff early like this week we had the episode up on like saturday um so if you want to listen to that stuff early you can go and back at patreon.com slash normdfm you can also just back at one dollar to get into our backer discord where we will be hanging out uh i'm about to head back in there to just kind of shoot the shit about this uh, trailer and all the stuff that we're seeing so far uh, so if you want to take part in that uh, hang out with us in that discord you can head over to patreon.com slash normdfm and get signed up you can also experience the the wonders of me trying to build a discord in real time <laughs> still not sure why everyone's leveling up don't worry we're gonna figure that out together <laughs> we're going to i think i have to yank a bot out of the back end <laughs> but um yeah, it's you can head over there. Uh, we don't do Patreon shoutouts on these specific ones, but just a general shout-out to all our lovely Patreons. Uh, thank you so much for backing us there. Uh, and we'll see you next time for the next BioBit or Jade Empire episode here on Normal Effect. <laughs>